microphone check one two what is this you're now listening to a brand new episode of the play big faster podcast look what you done started talk to him. attorney high performance coach and speaker sheree prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick from starting a business marketing strategies and the ins and outs of their industries we talk everything from book recommendations lifestyle hacks and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business the play big faster podcast starts now let's go Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We're joined here today by one of my favorite judges, Adrian Hooper-Wooten. Judge Wooten, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I was so excited when you accepted the invitation. Kind of talk about your transition from your solo practice as an entrepreneur to the bench. If you can just maybe tell us where you're from and where you got started from, because you don't go from being an attorney to being a judge, but we would like to know when you actually decided that public service was your goal and what you were called to do. So I hail from the Queen City, Meridian, Mississippi. I was raised in Meridian, Mississippi uh, by my mother. Uh, my father, who is now deceased, was a Vietnam War veteran, and uh, he had the ailments that most veterans have, which prevented him from participating in my being reared. However, be that as it may, I did go on to graduate from Meridian High School with straight A's and matriculated over to Alcorn State University. And just so that I don't know if young people watch this podcast, but I had a science teacher who took an interest in any student who applied themselves in his class and would assist with attempting to get uh, scholarships to all of the historically black colleges. And so because of my grades, I was able to get a scholarship to all of the historically black colleges and all of the state-owned universities in the state of Mississippi. But I did not want to attend college here in the state of Mississippi. I wanted to attend Howard University, and then go on to law school at Howard University. And I tell people this is just how God works because that was my plan. My plan was to go to D.C. Um, right before I was to go to D.C., being a child, didn't think much about being away from family, not having transportation, not having any family in D.C., and maybe a month or so before I was to go, before my mother was going to purchase the ticket. Mind you, I didn't get a full scholarship to Howard, but I didn't care. I wanted to go to Howard. My mother sat me down and had the adult conversation that you have with the child about the fact that you don't have any relatives in Washington, D.C. You will not be able to come home when you get homesick. You'll be able to come home on the major holidays. Those type of comments. And that did not deter me. What did deter me, strong-willed, what did deter me was, remember they used to have um, 
the news for DC on BET. I would watch the news and there were some things going on at Howard University at that particular time that I didn't feel would be the best environment for me to be in. And so quickly, so my godparents said, we do not care where you want to go. You're going to the University of Mississippi School of Law, which was another good decision. God puts people in your in your path to lead you in the right direction. So that was the best decision that could have been made for me. And because I went to the University of Mississippi School of Law, that's where I met my husband. And we're still together after 20 something years. Uh, met him in 1996 and uh, we're still together. So your path, my path was directed for a reason. So had I, had I known that Edward and Barbara Blackman were uh, in politics, I never would have applied at the law firm. But once again, that's how God directs your path. So uh, I began working at Blackman and Blackman and uh, still did not have the desire to be a part of politics. Um, but I was asked uh, probably about my third or fourth year of working with Blackman and Blackman, I was asked uh, to run for the position of state representative in South Jackson. And the initial uh, request, I said no. Uh, and so the next year I was approached again by the same people. And that time I said, let me pray about it. So that happened on a Friday. On a Saturday, I had my answer. And on Sunday, I was in the churches. I introduced myself to the churches on Sunday. I had made the decision based off of what I felt that my answer was from God. And I have not had to look back since. And so every position, every direction that I go in is one that I feel that the Lord has for me to travel. Uh, and I simply listen to what I feel that his purpose is for me. And I try to fulfill that purpose. Um, bearing in mind that it's not always an easy path to travel, but that's what I do. And so now I sit here as circuit court judge of sub-district one. Of course, I'm up for re-election, uh, hoping that everyone uh, takes the time out to come to the polls for the midterm elections on November 8th and cast your ballot for the most qualified and experienced candidate that you feel should be in any position that is on the ballot. And certainly I'm hoping that when it comes to Circuit Court Judge Subdistrict 1, that the listeners feel that the most qualified and experienced candidate for Subdistrict 1 would be Adrian Wooten, uh, who is sitting here and, and being able to... Uh, speak to them on this platform. Um, and so that's the short of how I came to this position. It's just a God-driven purpose for me, uh, not something that I set up and thought about. All I thought about was being an attorney and being able to uh, afford to pay my bills. That's essentially what my desire was, but God has given me so much more. Uh, and so um, I thank him for that. Um, but the listeners certainly would want to know, well, how uh, did you get to this path? How did you get here? The first thing that I tell anybody is to be committed to whatever it is that you desire to do. Figure out what it will take for you to accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. 
For me, I wanted to be an attorney. I knew that I needed to secure scholarships. So I made sure that academics was at the top for me. That was the most important thing for me. And everything else was secondary. Um, but I was still a well-rounded child. I was involved in cheerleading. I was involved in the band. I was involved in the choir. But I made sure that my lesson was done because I knew I needed a scholarship. And so that helped me as it related to attending Alcorn State University and the University of Mississippi School of Law. Now, law school was a different beast. It wasn't uh, the environment that I was used to. The, the, the wording that they had in the books was Latin. And I felt like I was in the wrong place. I remember praying nightly and saying, God, if this is not where you want me to be, please send me where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I remember having that prayer more than once. And I remember this is a true story. I was going to summer school and I was studying. I wasn't the typical student. I, I had to study two to three days before an exam. It, it didn't matter to me what type of exam it was, but that's how I had to study. And I had been studying for this one particular exam. At least I, I was supposed to have been studying, but I was so drained and tired. And I said, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to get up in the morning. and I'm going to study all day. That next morning was the day of the exam that I thought that I was going to be able to study for. And I never forget my next door neighbor calling me and sent, woke me up and said, where are you? And I said, I'm, 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 I'm in the bed. And she said, we are waiting on you. Professor Champion has had me to call you. And I said, for what? And she said, Adrian, we're supposed to be taking an exam this morning. And I said, this was, this is what I said to God. I said, that's the answer. It's not meant for me to be here. So I walked into the school looking like, you know how those this disheveled people come in and you say that they're clearly crazy. <laughs> That's how I walked in looking that particular day. But here's how God handles things. That was the highest grade that I made during the summer, which was an A. I aced that exam without studying. And so I knew that God had it for me to travel that particular path. And so everything from there, you know, even when I didn't think about it or dream about it, everything has been God sent. So the first thing that I tell people, once you realize that there is a venture that you want to participate in, find out what it is that you need in order to achieve that goal. The second thing that I will always say to anyone, young or old, you need to pray about it. Because you want to make sure that you're walking in the purpose that God has for you. Because if you're not, at some point, you're probably going to fall off that path. And that's how sometimes we can get lost. So you always want to keep him at the forefront of your plans. The next thing that I will say is to try to surround yourself with people who are going to build you up and who can help to guide you. They may not be able to guide you as far as academics, but they may be able to guide you to keep you from falling into a deep, dark place. Some of us have that to happen to us. It does happen. But you want to surround yourself with people who have your best interests at heart. And the next thing that I would suggest 
is seeking out mentors in the area that you're interested in obtaining a career in. That's important. They can help you to maneuver some of those pitfalls they themselves may have gone through to prevent you from having to go through that same situation. So those are the things that I would suggest to anyone who has thought that they want to travel in a certain direction and just don't know where to begin. You mentioned that you initially started out in the legislative branch of government. And so now you are a judge. Tell us what you do in your current position. You know that you are running for re-election, but what are some of your current duties? Because they're, you know, you're in a totally different branch of government. What do you do currently where you are now? Well, circuit court judges preside over uh, cases, civil cases where someone is suing or they're being sued for money. Anything over $200,000 would be filed in the circuit court. Also, circuit court judges preside over felony matters where a person could get one or more years in prison. A circuit court judge presides over those type of matters. Here in Hines County, we also preside over appeals from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security and Workers' Compensation. And primarily, we preside over cases where uh, the state of Mississippi or municipality like Jackson is being sued. Uh, so when it comes to the responsibilities of a circuit court judge, we simply call balls and strikes, um, which is different from being an attorney. An attorney will advocate for one side or the other, whatever side that their client uh, needs them to advocate on their behalf for. A judge no longer advocates. The judge is supposed to be objective and impartial and is supposed to sit and make a decision about the rulings of a case that would impact the case. Generally, the court, when I say the court, I mean the judge is going to look to what the case law says. What do the statutes, the laws of Mississippi require as it relates to a particular issue, which is the same thing that an attorney would do, but the attorney has the responsibility of arguing or advocating that particular law or that particular statute and the facts, intertwining or applying the law to the facts of a particular case. The judge, after hearing the arguments, will make a ruling based on the law, the facts of the case, and what the state of Mississippi, by its laws, required that the decision be. That's what a circuit court judge does. We just call balls and strikes. Also, for some people who aren't familiar, I meet people who are not familiar with the judicial process and don't understand how a case makes it to a judge's docket. If it's a criminal matter, it starts out with, and sometimes it doesn't start out with an arrest, but it can, and most times starts out with an arrest. Then the police will investigate. Then it will be turned over to the district attorney and the district attorney will determine if it is something that should be presented to the grand jury. If the grand jury feels that there is enough probable cause or evidence there to indict a person or charge a person formally for a particular criminal violation, then that person will be indicted. Once that person is indicted, the information is sent to the Supreme Court, probably by a circuit clerk's office. And so once the case is randomly assigned to the judge, 
then uh, if it's a criminal matter, it comes to the judge's docket once the sheriff's office advises the judge this person has been indicted and they are sitting in the jail or we get information from the circuit clerk's office saying this person has been indicted and they are to contact the court to get an arraignment date. Now, if it's a civil matter, a civil matter is different. That's where a lawsuit is filed. Once the lawsuit is filed, there is 120 days for the defendant or defendants to be served with notice of the lawsuit. Once that takes place, then the attorneys uh, will start litigating the case. Generally, that's what's supposed to happen. And at some point, the case should pop up on the judge's docket. Once that happens, if they file a motion of some sort, I require that a scheduling order be implemented. And there's also a scheduling order in my criminal cases. That's to make sure that they are kept up with, that they do not fall between the cracks, and more importantly, to ensure that the cases are being worked up and that they can be brought to closure in a timely manner. So that is the process for how a case gets to a judge's docket. Well, listen, Judge Hooper, what you have done a tremendous job explaining the process to us. We wish you the best of luck in your reelection. And thank you so much for just educating us and spending some time with us today. And I am going to do my best to get around to Meridian, Mississippi more often because it looks like we have some great stock from Meridian, Mississippi. We do. Thank you. All right. Well, till next time, this has been another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Thank you. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.